everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Cosmic Matrix podcast with Laura Matsum, myself, and my partner, Bernhard Gunther. So today's podcast episode is going to be kind of um, like a sequel to the last one we did together, which was about winter reflections and contemplating death. And this one's going to be about destruction, destruction, endings, and rebirth. Um, and why this podcast topic is really related to some recent astrological alignments, most, uh, most definitely the Saturn Pluto conjunction that is going to be affecting the world stage and our individual lives in many ways. And also just kind of talking about what happens after death and what happens during death and in between that phase and, I feel that collectively, I don't say this often because I don't want to sound like a like an energy report reader, you know, but I feel there is some really big energetic shifts happening and I just see that happening in my own life in many ways. You see it happening on the world stage. So we're going to just dive into that. Um, yeah. So where should we begin? Yeah, I think we can maybe talk a little about astrological maybe because there has been this recent um, <clears throat> conjunction everybody was talking about and i had a pretty good long podcast with astrologer michael luton about that as well the saturn pluto conjunction which happened on january 12 and we're still here we're all still alive so. and i just want to also <laughs> know a lot of people think oh it happened on january 12th there was like a big event that happened there and there was some like major events which we'll get into uh later on in this podcast but this is also like two slow moving planets and this is a long transit and when you ever you have uh slow moving planets in astrology these don't just happen in a single day like they do with the moon or the sun these happen over like you know this we're going to feel the effects of this for like years to come, to come decades to come yeah because it's gonna cycle through the uh, astrological chart it's gonna square so this conjunction is mostly basically like the end and the beginning of something so it's really hard to predict where it's gonna go exactly that's also what michael uh, luton uh, meant by by the time it happens it's already over because you know it's been building, building up. up and you can yeah. see it maybe in in your own personal lives but as as you just said it's also affecting us more on the bigger picture globally and also then as a result in our personal lives but it's not something big that's going to happen um like an explosion all of a sudden there's a change it's a transformation a long transformation yeah exactly and also uh with pluto energies in general um you know, if you are used to really digging into your subconscious, exposing your own shadow, doing your inner work, or perhaps if you have like Plutonian aspects in your chart, which you and I both do, um, then you're going to be uh, well prepared, hopefully. <laughs> Not all the time. I don't want to make any like va like generalizations, but you're going to understand how to work with this energy of transformation. And I think that's the main thing because like Saturn, a lot of people are actually really used to Saturn as far as like, you know, authority, discipline, government, the father. It's kind of basically like the matrix that kind of runs our lives. So we are accustomed to it. But as far as like Pluto goes, um, Pluto is like sex, death, birth. No, not birth. Sorry. Rebirth. Sex, death, rebirth, uh, the occult. Um, also trauma can be in there because it's related to the unconscious. There's so much stuff that's stored in Pluto and a lot of people generally who are not on the path of spiritual growth tend to fear energies that have to do with this kind of planet and they don't really incorporate them in their everyday lives. So these are kind of the energies that we're dealing with is I feel there's, um, you know, w there's destruction that's going to happen to major structures in our lives. 
also related to the father, to authority, to whoever we put our like kind of guidance to. These are like my own predictions. I just want to throw that out there. But this is what I see happening just from what I've witnessed. Yeah. Even the authority father figure in your own mind. <laughs> yeah. Your inner, you know. that's been a huge thing too. Um, like, and it's great that you did that podcast with Aaron right before I think we were going to release this one or maybe like a month ago, because it, I feel, and I see this happening kind of like trends in my own coaching is that, you know, uh, the anima and animus. So the inner masculine of women, men's image of who they are as a man, that's like very much changing. I feel that's how it's reflecting in lots of people's like personal lives. Yeah. Now going back to these overall energies, like you said, the main aspect of also Pluto energies is destruction, right? And we are afraid of destruction. We want to like, even the ego itself wants to keep structure, wants to hold on to the past and wants to have things secure, right? And Pluto just breaks down that, which is not working anymore. Also, you can see it in light of the evolution of conscious divine will in a sense, because God or divine also acts through the Kali energy of destruction, right? And we can interpret it in astrological through Pluto and all of that. So, but before something new can be created, the old needs to die. So that's what we're seeing in the world. All these institutions, what's not working externally anymore is going to um, be challenged, so to speak, you know, and, and with the Pluto's um, Saturn conjunction, all of that, there's also almost the, the archetype of battle between freedom and control, right? It's kind of clashing. Something wants to break free, but the matrix wants to hold on to that. And we can also hold... We can, you know, like I mentioned many times, how the matrix works through us. We can also try to hold on to things in our own lives, relationships, jobs, careers, whatever situations that are actually not serving us in our bigger um, evolution of our soul. Mm -hmm. But we don't know the trajectory. So we see usually any destruction as something bad, as something negative, yeah. not understanding this rebirth principle behind it. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what Pluto aims to do is if you are trying to hold on to anything specific in your life that's not working, Pluto is ultimately, I think you're right in the sense that like it's related to this kind of like Kali energy and Kali destroys everything. She destroys your good illusion. She destroys your bad illusion. She destroys it all. And she's actually like related to this concept of like emptiness and like clearing out And this is a terrifying thing for most people. Um, they set their lives up in such a way that they maintain like some level of like their ego rather maintain some level of comfort, you know, like, oh, if I just stay in this marriage in a nice home, keep this job, everything's going to be secure. And Pluto will come in and just like one day your partner will come in and tell you this marriage of like 15 years isn't working and you thought all along it was fine. You know, right. it will destroy these kind of illusions that we build up. And like, I just know for like, you know, for myself when I'm coaching people, <laughs> is that when I see like serious like chaos and destruction happening in their lives, I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> like this is something we can work with, you know? But sometimes when people are a little bit too comfortable, it's so easy to fall back on to old patterns and old habits of security. So that's why like ultimately I think that this like kind of energy of destruction is like so necessary for spiritual growth um, because it will clear everything out of the way, whether you want, whether your ego or small self wants it to be cleared out or not. Yeah. I remember you mentioning sometimes uh, with people you work with, we work together with going through a crisis, something really like destructive in their personal lives. And even mentioned there, uh, you know, that they are ripe for true deep awakening. And that's, you know, the, these are opportunities, you know, we always see these are crazy, you know, I always said these are intense times, crazy times, A lot of shit's coming down in our personal lives. But if you, you know, can use this energy as a catalyst, a transformation, it can be truly profound and really a quantum leap, a true trans plutonium transformation. But um, if you get stuck in the victim blame or self-pity or whatnot, you know, mm -hmm. or like you mentioned before, if most of your... Um, you know, meaning in life or like your happiness, quote unquote, depends on external circumstances on something specific externally. Yeah. And you have not, 
establish it within yourself, it will be taken away from you. And it can be very, very challenging. Like you said, some people who have more familiar or in their natal chart have this plutonian energy. They're maybe more comfortable because that's how they're wired, how their lives you know, operate anyway with this plutonian energy. Yeah, they'll become more comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) But in generally speaking, these times also, that's why in this day and age, the inner work is so uh, vital and important. You know, I've seen this in my own process. I've gone through a lot of changes. I've mentioned it in some of my writings recently, as well as on the forum. You know, even with the whole matrix, you can, you know, all this matrix and external knowledge we think we have, we might have, yeah, it helps us to a degree to understand maybe what's going on externally, but it's not really going to help you in the times to come. Mm-hmm. Because what we really need is that spiritual foundation. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that inner foundation within yourself. Psychological, you know, and the, the, yeah, your, your human foundation, you know, yeah. like if you don't know how to deal with your basic humanity, i.e. like your, even on a physical level, like your basic health, you know, your psychological health is a huge one as well. Like if you, if you can't figure out your own mind, you're just the media just hooks into every single weak spot of your mind, like the the impulsivity, the ADHD, the emotional, uh, like the hooks, you know, anything you see it. Remember when we went to go see the movie the other day and we were watching the previews and like, you see how like emotionally hooking, oh, Jesus, yeah. hooking the, the previews that's, for the that's movies are. That's, I want to just address because we haven't been in the movie theaters in the long, I have been in movie, I haven't been in the movie theaters in over two years. So we went to see, what did we go see? Star Wars, you know, and then the previews, like, I forgot what what the preview it was. You know, they're Mulan. like thirty. <laughs> they're like one minute clips or thirty seconds. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just the imagery and the music, the I started to tear up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just from the trailer. Yeah. But you can see how easily we can be manipulated emotionally through the media. So much. Yeah. I was watching, I just came back from like two weeks of silent meditation. And on the way back, I, cause it was like January 12th and it was like the exact day of the Saturn Pluto conjunction. So I was like, I'm going to watch the news. Cause on the airplane I was on, they had, uh, they didn't, they had movies, but they also had like channels. And I was like, Oh, I get to watch TV. And I was slipping between like Fox News and CNN. And I was like, whoa, it's just like the emotional like hooking and the manipulation and just the, you can see so clearly like the, the, the duality and the divide and conquer agenda at play once you are able to actually main, be, main, be objective, you know, because as long as you're like object, like it's interesting. Like then I feel like the news has even changed in the past 10 years and has become more manipulative than it used oh, yeah. to be. Um, so that's something that you're going to see going on as well as like divide and conquer energy and the polarities tend to increase. Yes, during the these polarities times. are definitely going to increase and interesting, you know, as you know, let's look at it on the bigger stage on the basic, you know, politics, which, you know, I'm not really following that much just but keeping an eye on because it's just a circus sideshow distraction, divide and conquer left versus right, this illusory two-party setup, but leading up to the Saturn-Pluto conjunction, there was this whole impeachment around Trump. Trump, um, And I, we don't know, but, you know, we're going to release this podcast in a couple of weeks, so we don't know how, what, how that's going to turn out, but it's, it's already polarizing people. Yeah. F- forget what you think about the guy. Once you're in the play that game, you're identified with either side, either pro or anti-Trump, you feed into the divide and conquer. Uh, agenda of the matrix, especially if you're emotionally riled up. And that's where the matrix gets us through this emotional luge, put our projections, emotionally attachments and uh, fighting and whatnot and uh, projecting onto other people because that's their food source as, as we know, I hope listeners know about that as well. Mm. So, and that's really how, uh, how it works on a, on a more collective level. This, this polarization is going to increase. Yeah. Right. And, uh, but it has its purpose. Like you mentioned before, something needs to give on some level. And then we can see it in our own personal life. So it's very important in these coming times not to get get distracted by the external world. And nowadays we see how the matrix works. It keeps us, uh, vector, our attention vectored away. Mm -hmm. It keeps us distracted. It keeps us head centric, not only with the news and media, but you know, like we all have become very used to and accustomed to and even addicted to smartphones, 
you know, yeah. the internet, YouTube videos, social media, you know, the death scroll on, on the Facebook and all of that. And it keeps us in our heads constantly. And I've realized that as for myself as well recently over the past year, but especially when you were gone, you know, uh, you were on a two week, um, silent meditation retreat, meditating for meditating for six hours a day. And you can maybe share more about that as well. What came up for you, but I, was here by myself and also like consciously disengaged and focused more internally. And I realized how much energy and time sometimes wastes just, you know, with my mind distracted on the screen. And I'm not saying that we should shut ourselves off completely, right? And just meditate on our navel and everything will be fine and good. But it is so important what I realized for myself to learn to truly still your mind, yeah. right? To really stay inside, stay grounded and not get, you know, because when we are constantly taking information, constantly externally oriented, that's how we be getting hooked. That's how we easily can get manipulated through our own minds. Yeah. And what you consume with your mind greatly impacts your body health. Mm -hmm. And like that, everything that you're reading on social media or whatever, your body is, whether you feel it or not, and obviously this is my own experience, is your body is storing that information as a somatic experience, you know? So, and also like this kind of like what they call discursive thinking and meditation where you jump from thought to thought to thought. This is a really hard thing to like overcome. So like stealing your mind is easier said than done. But I read this quote recently. I think it's in, it's by Will Johnson, who's like a meditation teacher. And he talks about like how discursive thinking is basically a result of stuff that's already stored in your body. So if I have a tension in like my shoulder or whatever, that's actually what's causing me to go from thought to thought, like all of this kind of stuff and just being really mindful about like, I think there's like, what's happening is there's like a very like a speediness to our culture, like not even speed, but like hyper speediness to our culture yeah. right now. And like learning how to like slow down is really just learning how to be present to begin with. And, you know, everyone like talks about like the importance of presence or whatever, but presence is like, important so that you can do things well and do things in a fully embodied way. And, you know, it's not that we don't, shouldn't, you know, I think you both posted something about meditation recently on Facebook and someone was like, oh, just meditating on the navel is what the cabal want us to do. But it's not about just meditating and then just not doing anything. It's about like interacting with the world from a place of inner security and strength is so much more powerful, you know? That's why like you have like, you know, all of these great, whatever, like Martin Luther King or whatever, these pe people were great speakers because they were embodied mm. and present and they weren't just triggered or whatever, you know, they weren't. And it's not that you can't use emotions consciously, you know, but if you don't have control over your own mind and your emotions, I guarantee you all of these matrix kind of programs will be using it to like sell you things, to keep you emotionally distracted. And that's the main thing, you know, is like being able to have a certain level of mastery over our own psychology. And that's what's actually missing, you know, in the West these days, especially and all over the world, actually. Yeah. No, it's interesting. I want to just give the listeners some context for you. Just mention about what I wrote about on the for uh, on the was on Facebook and on the forum as well about the importance of meditation. And somebody took it completely out of context, a strawman argument, basically. <laughs> but the context that was related to Richie Ricky Gervais' famous or hyped monologue at the Global uh, Golden Globes, I think it was. And by the time this um, podcast release is probably already forgotten as he thinks are, but it was very hyped, especially people in the so-called truth movement found that he's dropping truth bombs. He's waking people up, you know, all these things. But the way I see it, even especially from the matrix perspective, this is nothing new for me. There was fully scripted, no real truth bombs being dropped at all. Um, nothing was already not already. Everything he said was already out in the open. And even in the mainstream, he was just like the, feel like the court jester, yeah. the joker, right? The fool hired by the king. And I'm sure, of the king. I'm sure it was really funny. Too. It was funny. I was getting my laugh at, but what, and I can relate to that. People get, feel like waiting for this big revelation of something, something like happen, happen in yeah. the mainstream. That's going to bring the main, uh, it's going to bring the matrix down. And I've, as I wrote on my, 
this update as well. I've waited for this for the past 19 years, since 9-11, since I spoke out, which, by the way, the 9-11 lie is still uh, firmly in place in the mainstream, but should be a reality check. And then, mm. you know, people have dropped, quote-unquote, truth bombs here and there, even famous people, celebrities, and people always get all excited about it, but nothing changes because the matrix is not going to be revealed. It's not going to be taken down externally by somebody just speaking the truth, and then all of a sudden everything is going to resolve itself, people are going to revolt or whatnot, which would actually work just in favor of the matrix. No, the uh, waking up from the matrix is an internal job because mm-hmm. it works through us. It's through this inner development, which then reflects in the outside. And this doesn't imply to just meditate on your navel or don't have any external action, just meaning, like you said, being more mindful, not being scattered because the matrix works through these thought injections, through a conditioned reactive ego, yeah. right? And externalizing, looking for outside, you know, solutions externally. And, you know, the safe somebody is going to tell it all and this... Uh, trapped in hope especially yeah you know hope and fear both yeah. polarities yeah but it is you know and this inner work is so important this day and age to be able to dive deep and still your mind not to get thrown off by these energies and then come to a deep alignment with your true self essence and conscious action yeah and not action out of this reactive condition emotional ego right and what's interesting just to finish that thought, when, you know, this woman mentioned like, you know, this is what the cabal, the elite wants from us just to meditate all day long, which I never <laughs> said, which I don't know anybody. And I challenge anybody to meditate a whole day to yeah, see who, the shit that comes to up. See, to see how easy that is. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, but most people cannot even sit still for five minutes a day. Yeah. In silence. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's that's what I, what I'm talking about. Because then it it help it makes them meet the the quality of their own mind, and it's it, and at first it's actually quite terrifying. Yeah. And that's I want to address that as well. Maybe we can talk about this later on more. But I see this a lot in the so-called truth movement, fringe movement. They throw out all these like spiritual practices, even spiritual teachings. Uh, out of the window well, without ever having truly explored them themselves. Well, I see right. like this time also, like we need to become like spiritual warriors, like martial artists, you know what I mean? Because it's going to get crazy out there. And the only person who's going to be able to handle it is going to be someone who has some sort of spiritual and emotional stability and awareness. Like yeah. that's the only, exactly. it's literally the only way that you're going to survive some these times without going completely crazy because it's going to get more chaotic you already see it happening you know and we're just kind of building a bit of like a pain tolerance i think that's what it comes down to and people are just finding more and more ways to check out but especially with these you know energies of destruction like like i've there's the 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 world really is always trying to strive towards wholeness that's my own belief and experience and it's going to get there whatever way it needs to get there. So right now I feel, especially collectively, like we're kind of like at this like dark point, you know, before dawn, because it's always, even classically in history, it's always in these times, like it has to get really, really, really dark and messed up before things can start before you start seeing like this age of spirituality really start to rise to the top. And some people may say like, we're now we're in this age of spirituality. And I think that's like a little bit, there's a little bit of truth in it, but I also see that we're in an age of like spiritual materialism. And that's actually Mm -hmm. what gets in the way of like truly awakening because the ego keeps hijacking it and being like, Oh, this is like, I'm special. I live in 5d or whatever, you know, the, the people like, like kind of attached to and identify with. And that's kind of what's going on. Cause if we were really truly in a sake of spirituality, this would be like a strong force that would start combating these, these, uh, th- these kind of occult energies. And that's, that's not really so much what's happening. It's more like it's getting darker. Right. Exactly. And I like what you said, everything is about bringing to wholeness and what you just mentioned reminded me also of, again, the Pluto-Saturn conjunction, which is, again, just seeing it through the astrological lens. But there are cycles, there are energies 
at work, there are things that are going to happen that need to play themselves out, which we have no control over, yeah. which we're not even aware of. We are so full of ourselves, of our egoic little will, of what we think should happen, need to happen, our self-will, yeah. which, you know, the divine will, the forces of nature are going to override like without any problems or issues it's just something else needs to anchor itself and it's either like you know like you say you align yourself or you bust i mean literally that's what i feel it's happening it's already happened with a lot of people who are going to disintegrate yeah. and like you mentioned the, to this transformation like it needs to get darker only reason quote-unquote needs to get darker or people experience more suffering is because out of the refusal to heed the voice of the vine or their own inner voice yeah. to go deep inside, to surrender to what needs to come up and stop externalizing and allowing them, uh, themselves to arise within what needs to come up and confront themselves. And the question is how long, how much longer do hum humans want to suffer, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of suffering is quote unquote unnecessary. Right. In the yeah, sense of, well, the, it's just like, because we react to what's happening yeah. and trying to resist certain changes. Yeah. There's like basic suffering. Like it's like, you're going to die. You're going to get old. Even birth is like traumatic, you know, that's like basic suffering. And then in Buddhism, they talk about like the suffering upon suffering and then suffering upon suffering upon suffering. So we layer already a human experience which is built on suffering with more suffering and that's like yeah. how you know like attached we are to suffering but actually what you just said i just f felt uh inspired to relate you know why it is important to do inner work because as i as we were mentioning before i just came from like you know i think it was like it was more than six hours. It was like nine hours of meditation a day. It was way more than I thought that we were going to be doing because I didn't know the schedule. And it was also somatic meditation and linking to Pluto-Saturn uh, conjunction. It was somatic meditation with an organization that is disintegrating. Yeah. So, But it was a beautiful space. I was like in the mountains of Colorado and I was meditating on my body for nine hours a day, basically starting at 6.30 in the morning until the last meditation was 7.30 to 8.30 at night. And, um, and I noticed like there was a lot of, like some days, for instance, I meditated with my fear and anxiety for like six hours. And I'm not even joking. Like it was like six sits because we would do them in one hour blocks. And that's all I would just be feeling. I'd just be feeling fear. Another day I was meditating with like paranoia, which is related to fear, but it's almost like a vigilance. And that was really revealing because I had no idea how much I was carrying of that energy. Another day it was anger and then always when I went through these like, you know, six hour blocks of meditating with these really intense emotions, I was able like just some, I just came out the other end and it was just like, I really felt like a new person in a sense. I know that sounds like a, like a big thing to say, but I really did because I felt something somatically that I was holding on to for who knows how long. I think some of this stuff was even ancestral because of how like it wasn't related to any memory or anything. Just I felt like a completely new, I felt like a completely new person after going through that and sitting with that for hours, you know, really getting to know it too and holding it with like, you know, your own awareness is also a huge act of compassion because typically in the world, like we're just kind of in our conditioning we try and constantly avoid what's uncomfortable. And like yeah. from a meditative perspective, the uncomfortable parts of yourself are exactly like where the gold in your own emotional health lies. Like if you can sit with those feelings and feel them and let them transform. And like that talk we were listening to last night, you, you do this by like creating more space around it. So instead of like anger being this like thing you never want to feel and it's bad, be like, let's explore your anger. Let's like, you know, open that up. And it was interesting as I was able to like sit with that, um, and be with it, I gained a greater, like a wider perspective on whatever situation it was that I felt was making me angry or whatever, you know? Without getting also kind of locked in like most people to attach to the story and the reason yeah, that's why a, you get angry. That's a really big, big point is um, like they mentioned, a few of the teachers mentioned this a lot, like the ten human tendency to add on, meaning like, 
first you have the somatic experience. So you feel like a pain in your chest or your hip or whatever. And then you add on, you'd be like, oh, I like this. I don't like this. That's usually the first add on, like likes and dislikes. And you'd be like, I like this because it reminds me of blah, 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 blah. And you just keep adding on layers to the story until you're so far away from actually feeling the emotion. And the story is useful to bring up the emotion, but then that's to get, then, then you, then it's from a meditative perspective, it's good to just abandon it. You see this in every, almost every single somatic modality to like bring up the story to find out to to make the emotion fresh in the body but then just feel the emotion you know and then just notice the tendency to add on additional things to it it's interesting because that reminds me of a quote by chongyam trangwa rinpoche from uh, the path of individual liberation which you actually sent me um actually would be nice to read that yeah um um, would you like to read it would you, do you mind reading it? Okay. Have a better. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. So this is about like when like little things tend to become really big, which is pretty much a state of like most people's minds. Uh, whenever there is a flickering of desire for even one moment, it becomes exaggerated and it goes on for miles and miles. It is like an echo chamber. You take a look at a person for only a few seconds and you are attracted to him or her. Then you want to get hold and possess that person. 15 minutes later, you send out all the retinues of your desire. You send out rays to envelop that person completely and make them a part of you. Likewise, you may have a slight dislike for someone. Although you may have only had dealings with them for five seconds, you still begin to develop immense aggression towards them. And 25 minutes later, you have developed a gigantic fortress to defend yourself from them and whole armies to attack that person. Not only are you ready to destroy that person, but you are ready to uproot them altogether. This, these are examples of what is known in Buddhist psychology as the expansion of what is minute. That is how things work in our samsaric world. In that way, we begin to create a gigantic world of samsara. We have been doing that for a long time. Another pattern that comes up with samsara is having a perverted notion of what is going on. That is, when you encounter a situation that is not all that desirable, from a common sense point of view, somehow you manage to think that it is extraordinary. You begin to reinterpret it and change the logic of whatever is happening. For instance, you might regard somebody who is a nice person as a terrible person. Quite unnecessarily, you begin to develop the arbitrary logic of passion and aggression. That kind of change in logic evolves from neurotic tendencies at the level of what is called as mental contents and uh, abhidharma. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. (laughs) That is, the mind begins to change the message of reality by imposing its preconceptions on things. That's a really important point. So your mind begins to change the message, the direct experience, by imposing your preconceptions Mm -hmm. on things. Once our preconceptions have developed, once we have already made up our own mind, we begin to create our own world out of desire or aggression. At that point, our aggression or desire has already produced its result, and by the law of cause and effect or karma, that result determines future possibilities and results. Therefore, we are helpless. We are trapped in our own doing. Intense aggression in the present will result in our being unable to escape from undesirable situations in the future. So the only way to prevent the results of karma is to cut the present situation. And the way to do so is through mindfulness practice. Because you are being mindful, you do not follow desires when they come up. Each time there is a desire, you are mindful of it, but you don't follow it. In that way, you cut the minute desires. Those desires might seem meaningless at the time. However, you don't follow them. Although they seem to be very small in proportion, if you cut a small inch of desires in the long run, you are cutting a mile of larger desires. So cutting desires an inch at a time goes a long way. As realistic people who feel real pain and real pleasure, we are concerned with one main point, to cut the chain of karmic debt. We may experience the possibility of getting out of such a nuisance altogether, but to do so, we need to understand how karma begins. Knowing how karma begins right at the beginning seems to be the key point. And when it's really intense, I just want to add on to that just really quickly. Yeah. Um, when it's really intense, that's usually some a bigger like pattern that's in your life. So, like say if you have a a lot of people deal with you know what he mentions is aggression, and you even see that like 
it it shows up in every single part of your life. It's something that I've just become aware of and like constantly checking myself on. Like being aggressive is rooted in speediness, you know, uh, the way that we uh, treat other people, the way that we treat our lives. Like it's not just hitting someone. It's just like aggressiveness is just rooted in so much of our lives. But um, with what he's referring to is like, you know, these are like, especially the minute thoughts. So say if like somebody has a thought or I have a thought with somebody to like talk to them about, I don't know, like something stupid I saw on the news and the thought flickers in my mind, but then I'm like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to get into discussion about that. I want to, I don't want to expand upon that. See, you can literally see it like as a visualization. I actually see it like energetically. It's like almost like a root that starts to grow up and then you can actually cut it down with your own awareness or you could let that root grow into a flower and then grow into this whole thing. In order to do this, you need to have a certain um, level of awareness, the objective observer, the witness within ability to still your mind and not identify with thought to begin with. Yeah. Right. To be able to still the mind, to see like Sri Aurobindo said to reject the suggestion before it comes in. Yeah, and that's also what like primarily most meditation well, not most meditation, but like meditation in my view should be pr- training you for. I know there's like a lot of like different meditations out there like visualization or whatever, but I'm talking about just like sitting and being with yourself and feeling your body because like as a thought comes in, if you just label it as like thinking, like meaning doesn't matter how interesting or inspiring it is and whether you want to write it, but on Facebook, <laughs> but just label it, be like, Oh, that's a thought. And then just go back to the breath or go back to whatever you're focusing on. That's, that's the training. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what, what he said also, if you just related, he is also talking projection in this day and age of social media and all of that, the internet, the stories we make up about other people because of somebody just posted something, it triggers you or you mm. think it, it accumulates and you create literally an illusion about something and it feeds on itself, which yeah. can actually result in literally creating an entity out of a thought form. And I yeah. recently, wrote an article called uh, Black Magic, Psychic Attacks, Ent- Entity Interferences and Shadow Projections. And uh, based on a uh, discussion we had on the forum and examining or exploring the interrelationship between all of that, because it's all interrelated. And going back to the original topic of of, of this uh, podcast, it ties into these intensified energies because we have to understand that the matrix is working through us. We, yeah, the externally, the symptoms, it's not about shutting out the external world, but as Castellina said, the predator gave us, his, gave us his mind, right? It works through us, through our own blind spots, wounds and traumas, via thought injections, via head centric living to, you know, create certain ideas and stories we like to then project onto others. Yeah. Right. And then you can literally like there's no cold law. If you have negative projections towards somebody, negative thoughts at somebody, especially emotionally charged, just based on whatever an interaction or something triggered you, you don't even know the person at all on the internet. Mm. It creates like um Chang Trump has said, karmic debt, it will come yes. around come back around you. That's a, that's no cold law, universal law. Whatever you send out will come back around to you at some point. Yeah. And you can actually that's how people engage in like black magic and even psychic attacks yeah. through their thought projections. We will you know, when the person is at a certain level of being, you can actually harm another person, which will also create karma for you or will come back around to you anyway. And that's how you also perceive. Sometimes we can perceive, and you know, I know you and I, we have perceived this a lot, negative shadow projections from other people because we trigger them and all of that, whatever they may project onto us, right? And you can perceive them literally like a psychic attack, the thought projection, like something, you know, drains you, makes you feel weak all of a sudden or that you think of the person all of a sudden it's because you're in their mind, something you, you know, they are projecting something onto you. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's very important the moment not to act on that with counter projections, right. Yeah. To stay in the zero point and not fight fire with fire. But that's, I feel is going to, you know, the wars through our own minds is going to uh, exaggerate or like uh, amplify in the coming years. Cause if you think about also like I, if you want to talk about just like cutting the chain of like karmic debt, I know that's been like a, a lesson in my own life, especially since I had such a kind of like, I mean, I was bad in my twenties. I did some shit that definitely accumulated some karma, never mind past lives. But 
when I, you know, but I was just like using my mind for the wrong reasons, like being an intellectual bully, you know, like I could see how it was harmful. So now, especially like, you know, hearing someone projecting on me or whatever, I sit with it and I, sometimes it doesn't trigger me, especially lately, but sometimes it still does, you know, and I sit with it, I work with it. And when I do that, I ultimately pretty much a hundred percent of the time come to a place of compassion with it. And that's really how you neutralize karma. Because once you actually are able to sit with it, even if someone says something like really awful to you or talking shit behind your back and you just sit with it and feel how that feels and follow just that feeling and you're, you be with it and learn how to kind of be your own friend to these feelings, it often does turn into compassion. And that's how you cut the chain of karmic debt because you see that anyone who's trying to harm another person is deeply suffering. That's why they're transferring more suffering to other people is because they're suffering. If they didn't, that's the only way that it happens, you know? Hurt people won't hurt people. Exactly. So let's just talk a little bit about, do you mind if we go into... Yeah, so Saturn is really related to like the government, the father, authority, and discipline. And I really see that it's really related to this aspect of the masculine. And this is what I see happening in people's lives. Like we're we're asked even collectively to completely rebuild this aspect of the masculine in our lives. So obviously for many of us, our image of the masculine begins with our father. And then we need to kind of grow it up as well. So like, whatever your relationship and how much you've done work on your own father this is also what pluto is touching right now is issues related to the masculine it can be showing up in issues related to men in your life but for women it's really like their own inner masculine like how how are you with going out and making your mark in the world and you know like just get getting up in the in the morning and getting things done and like how's your relationship to your father how do you how do you project that on the men you meet? And with men too, I feel that they're like what's happening is like, you know, because they're embodied in the masculine form. It's like we're creating like a new idea of masculinity that's not based on like control, not that's not based on this like head centric, patrifocal way of being. And that's really what is opening up. So yeah. Yeah, very important. It also reminds me of like, we need to also consider that it's happening in the sign of Capricorn. Yeah. Right. So, so Capricorn, we know also, generally speaking, they're hardworking, right? Slow builders, mm-hmm. right? Very, can be materialistic, but in the higher form, just really, you know, in a healthy aspect of just building structure, right? Of building an empire of entrepreneurship and all of that. That's Capricorn right there, right? Yeah. The long-term success, the slow builder, but, you know, with notice Saturn and Pluto and Capricorn, also the the dark side of Capricorn get activated. And that's how the matrix also works through temptation. Ambition. Of like just ruthless ambition, yeah. greed, you know, or, you know, the dark side of Capricorn is also social climbing of just connecting with people who can maybe help you further on in your career, yeah. relentless marketing, yeah, whatever, you know what I mean? Just getting hijacked by all of that. And Pluto especially, like, will not, like, Pluto is like very truth-telling, like, no bullshit. So, like, that's, I'm as, gonna, so that's both, like, the, yeah. the temptation, but at the same time, it's a, a time of integrity yeah integrity integrity. is a really key word and i think that's been coming up for like you and i personally is just you know a lot of the stuff that came up in my own meditation was just looking at like how i can help people and how i can hurt people and just realizing the impact that everything that i do has like truly everything you know and I think that's why it became so important is like, I have to, I have to have a certain level of mastery over my own mind. Otherwise I'm going to hurt people. It's just a reality. And I know that's a big thing to ask because I know a lot of people who like get into the helping professions, you know, get their masters in psychology or whatever. They haven't yet figured out their own mind. So what they're doing is they're transferring their own illusions to other people and it's creating this infection. And that might help them feel good at a certain point in time. But like what just dawned on me is like eliminating like lifetimes of karmic debt is available to us now. I feel like we really live in this time of like accelerated transformation 
And so just looking at her trajectory and like how important it is for us to do our own inner work. So we're not transferring more deception to other people because it's not that it's, it's going to start impact. It's just basically going to come back around. And sometimes this stuff takes like a few lifetimes to come back around. Yeah. So, um, you know, with, so what we're being asked, I feel, you know, what's showing up in the world also related to Pluto is like, you know, you see in the government secrets being revealed, the destruction, even this whole thing with the royal family and the, and the, the actress who married the member of the royal family deciding she didn't want to be a part of it anymore. That's actually, that's a huge like Capricorn rebellion, like to <laughs> step down from the royal family and just to how much they're put on a pedestal by the mainstream like that's a huge the the general public's going to be like what's what's wrong with being exactly. a member so of the royal there, there family re- <laughs> exactly there will be revelations you know uh corruption being exposed and all of that naturally but don't get yourself caught into the hope that everything is just going to be revealed because no. it's about your own process as well because your own inner corruption is going to be revealed the lies you've been yes. telling yourselves your fantasies your indulgences what you attach to the lies you're telling yourself because we're all living in our ego um illusion on some level you know we all have how our corruptedness so to speak yeah. so it's like are you an in integrity are you sincere you know, do you really like um, show yourself as you truly authentically or have different faces on for different people? Mm-hmm. Right. So how do you truly show up? And authenticity doesn't mean to act out your neurotic ego. We talked about this before, but really how much are you connected to your essence, to your true self and how much is driven by your own just wounding and conditioning and programming you're not consciously aware of. So that needs to come up, needs to be addressed because I, Otherwise, these will be used as entry points for the occult forces, for the matrix to keep you chained, to yeah. keep you manipulated, to act out neuro- neurotic ego, to start keep projecting, to keep blaming in all of that. And it will like create more unnecessary suffering in your life, I feel. That's why, you know, it's like... I, I know that like shadow work is like been really like hyped in, in, in spiritual communities, but it's really, 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 really important right now, not only to do shadow work once in like a workshop or something, but literally every moment of your life, your shadow is like there and you're unconscious showing you something that you may not want to look at, or your rather your like conditioned ego mind doesn't want to look at. But if you like ally with it and you treat your shadow material as something very interesting and fascinating and something that you want to get to know and sit with, then these times become like accelerated times of spiritual growth. But you really have to make that conscious choice to not be afraid of any part of your own darkness. And the thing that's afraid of the darkness actually is the ego who has an idea of what they're, of who they are. Like, you know, that's, Cause, cause once you start to accept that, like, you're the worst person in the world and you could be the best person in the world. And I mean, like, the worst person, like, you know, the most ego driven, materialistic, self interested, like, selfish, angry, like, that's actually part of people. That's part of human nature. And yeah. you have to, re- and like, paranoid, fearful, all of this is part of us. And this is why. You know, these polarities will even show up in our own individual life as well. Like, especially, you know, like this idea, like, oh, I'm a good person. This shouldn't be happening to me. If you have those beliefs right now, that's definitely going to end up showing itself to not be true. (laughs) Exactly. And that's, you know, that's why, again, it's, it's, it's an inside job, so to speak. So we don't project our stuff externally and contribute to, to the divide and conquer, to the polarization. And, you know, it, it requires mindfulness, it requires self-awareness, like you said, but most importantly, sincerity, self-responsibility and a certain degree of humility as well. Yeah. Humility, not to mistaken for self-diminishment. That's kind of the shadow side of, of, of humility. That's not humility. Though. That's, that's not exactly. Humility. That's not humility. Uh, but being able to sit with what, what is uncomfortable without letting the mind getting attached or identify with the story or the trap of identification, what you identified with, you know, yeah. and, and a lot of people who are dealing with basic childhood wounding, narcissistic wounding, they need to identify with something else to feel so special. Right. That came up a lot actually at the retreat, like quite a few questions were asked about like systems of oppression and 
I noticed just how like it's not that there aren't systems of oppression, but just even identifying with this storyline about systems of oppression was causing a lot of intense pain and suffering Mm. for people. And maybe that was a great process for them, but like, um, but the identification with it was actually what was causing the pain rather than the system in itself, I feel. Yeah. So, um, before we go into the second hour, we need to take a little break. Um, I want to make a little announcement as well. Yeah. So, well, first of all, we're going to be offering a couple courses next year. One is going to this year. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I keep thinking it's like 2019. Yeah. Um, one is going to be related to shadow work, trauma, and occult forces. And the other one is going to be related to evolutionary relationships. Yeah. So um, that's coming up. Um, and that's also how our own work is shifting because I, really the best way for us to reach people for and um, allow like or make a lot of what we practice and um, teach accessible is through courses we realize like yeah so we're going to be offering this like i think when is it in march or something March. sometimes we still we we don't know the exact date uh but that's we also we're taking a break this year from the retreats we've been doing in peru just focus on the online courses to reach more people and have a longer program to really go deep with people and especially that topic the first course will be um shadow work trauma and a call forces to combine to bring it all together because i still see in my work too many people get hooked in this whole entity topic, hyperdimensional stuff, but they haven't really done the groundwork of basic somatic psychotherapeutic shadow work, which are the entry points, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and there are some people who can get stuck in, in psychological shadow work and dig in the mud and not understand the occult relationship and entities. So bringing these both together in a very grounded manner to give people tools and really a transformational experience yeah. to um, apply that in their everyday lives. Yeah. And I think I love like this, like, I think we are entering this like dawning of the age of Aquarius because like this stuff didn't exist when I was in wanting to educate myself. And we really want to make it like accessible to people. And also, you know, like you, you can take this as far as you want to take it. Like, whereas with the retreats, we can only have nine people and yeah, we go deep because it's in person, but most people don't have that available to them to go to the retreat and even take time off work. So what we're trying to do is like, okay, this stuff needs to get out there what's the easiest way that we can package it together and which doesn't mean we're still going to do retreats you know in, in the future, in, in the future yeah, as yeah, well yeah, because yeah. there's something to be said to do this work in person Huge, like in this closed yeah. container it's just beautiful in a retreat away from everything that's amazing yeah but you know a lot of people for like you just said it's not it's not accessible so we want to just offer that uh, uh for more people but yeah, stay tuned for that. Sign up to my mailing list uh, on veilofreality.com. And also, if you want to listen to the second hour and are not a member yet, sign up on my website as well, veilofreality.com. Yes. Yeah. So in the second hour, I'm just going to share a bit yeah. what we're going to get into. So we're going to talk about um, more about what we see happening in the world and how this relates to this kind of like structure collapse that's happening. Um, Plutonian moments in our own lives and what we see happening in our own lives, more about this kind of like divide and conquer energy and why destruction is necessary and chaos is good news. Mm -hmm. So stay tuned. See you all in the second hour. (laughs) 